literally as far back as I can remember, I've always loved James Bond movies. I would sit and watch them with my father during TBS marathons, and I was enthralled with every moment, every explosion, and every quip. However, even at the tender age of five, I found a few things about the movies rather peculiar. For one, when James Bond casually slapped a woman on the buttocks and said, man talk, or used them as human shields? And I think one time he actually took a woman's brassiere off and choked her with it? Needless to say, these moments were very much in need of making fun of. Which is why, in 1997, when I was a freshman in high school, I was thrilled to learn just such a film was going to take on the task, made by one of my heroes, Mike Myers. I was incredibly excited to see the movie, thought it was hysterical, and I had the brilliant idea to say the mini-film's catchphrases over and over and over and over again because I thought it was hilarious. So needless to say, a few years later and a few sequels later, the mere mention of the name of this film would actually cause me to gag a little bit. And I couldn't stand the idea of ever watching any of them ever again. That is, until now. That film was Austin Powers' International Man of Mystery. Welcome to The Hold Up. Each month, we pick a movie one of us remembers fondly but hasn't seen in years, watch it, and decide, does it hold up? I'm John Nelson. And I'm John Longino. Welcome, everybody. Spring is in the air when a young man's fancy turns to love. Sure. Wet, drenching, <laughs> never-ending rain spring. Hey, man, we're out of the drought here in Southern yeah, California, so. so we are happy as can be to be rained on yet again here, here in the monsoon season <laughs> trees falling it's fabulous people it, getting killed it's, it's, it's fabulous it's, welcome it's not affecting my mood at all happy march everybody <laughs> <laughs> welcome to springtime uh here on the hold up podcast uh glad to have you i have to preface the entire podcast and say that if anyone hears any motorcycle hogs driving by or my daughter crying or a glass breaking or whatever might happen. We're still kind of working out the kinks of the new recording uh, studio. The Longino <laughs> podcasting recording yes, studio, as I like a, to say. It's a little less quiet uh, this this time around than it, than it was <laughs> last year when we were recording my old apartment. So please bear with us and forgive us a bit. Uh, if you hear anything strange, I enjoy the verisimilitude of people racing for pinks over in the San Fernando <laughs> Valley. I think it's it's dulcet, uh, oh, dulcet. Yes. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, anyway, okay. So uh, before we get to tonight's movie, we actually have John listener feedback. I know, and not just a listener. Yeah, feedback. not just our usual maybe one. <laughs> we, have we have a, a few a bonanza of listener feedback. It's it's. Actually, I, I want to say I know I've noticed we've actually had uh, many more listeners lately, and I want to say if you're just tuning into us and just uh, kind of joining us, thank you so much. We're glad to have you on board. Hi, greetings, welcome everybody. Tell uh, a friend. Yes. Also, uh, send us an email to holduppodcast at gmail like these fine people did. Well, actually, you can go to our Facebook page at Hold Up Podcast and leave some posts, which is what these. Well, I'm uh, sorry, what is Facebook? I don't. Facebook is is that a, the the horror show well, of tears and sorrow that <laughs> that I rarely look at nowadays. Well, now it's a political uh, <laughs> uh, sanctum for people yelling at each other, but it used to be like MySpace. Oh, okay. <laughs> What's MySpace? I don't remember. Oh, it's like Friendster. Oh, okay. Why didn't you say that? We got a couple of Facebook messages about our recent episode about Hook. 
uh, yes. Steven Spielberg's Hook. <laughs> and the first one is from uh, our old friend Colin Legault, uh, who says to us in all caps, Dear God, what have you guys done? Your love slash hatred for Rufio has birthed the possibility of a spinoff of Hook, <laughs> the horror. And he, he gives us a link, and you can find it uh, on our Facebook page uh, where he's posted. It's uh, apparently a link to uh, a fundraising page where the guy who played Rufio is making a short film. He's, he's crowdfunding <laughs> to make a short film yes. about Rufio. Apparently, he listened to our podcast, heard all of your you know hatred, <laughs> and decided to set the record straight and uh, make his own film about Rufio. Well, <laughs> now I, I'm curious to know how he might go about doing this, since obviously Rufio uh, passes away in Hook. Spoiler alert! <laughs> well, he's doing, like, he's doing oh, the prequel. He's doing oh, it's a prequel. He's oh, doing okay. how Rufio came to be, but he's not playing Rufio, right? I mean, I hope not. <laughs> but I then again, assume? why else would he be doing it? I don't know. That's I haven't actually strange. checked out the page, folks, so I have no idea huh. what. Uh, What's going on? But this is not the first message we got. We got another message. That's correct. Uh, on our Facebook page. Yes, we got one from our dear friend Poria. Thank Hi, you, Poria, Poria for uh, writing in. He says, gentlemen, hello. I've just listened to your Hook episode of the Hold Up podcast, and I thought you might find this link interesting. And he sends us the same link that uh, Colin sent us. I know Nelson will most likely hate this idea, but Longino, you might be a little psyched, perhaps? <laughs> Anyways, I freaking love your guys' podcast and have been on a tear listening to your guys on my new night gig I started last week. I've been wanting to email you guys for a while, just wanted to catch up first. Listening to every episode definitely makes me want to go watch all these movies. Your banter is very entertaining, and I only wish you made more episodes per month. But I obviously understand how much work that is. Oh, thank you. I'm going to get this framed on my wall and <laughs> look at it when I'm in a bad mood. Thank you, Poria. That's actually very nice. That's of you very say. sweet of you. Thank you. And it's uh, certainly better to have people want more than less. So thank you all. We also received an email from our friend Robin. Dear Johns, that sounded wrong on so many levels. How apropos. <laughs> she said that, not it's me. It's a breakup folks. letter to Hello, both of us. Yeah, it's a of dear, our menage a trois breakup dear, letter. Dear John, ooh, I like that. A menage a trois breakup letter. Longtime listener, second time writer. I enjoyed your discussion of the movie Pump Up the Volume. It's been my favorite hold-up podcast since Big. I wanted to share a few of my thoughts. I laughed out loud at John Longino's plot guest before he saw the movie. <laughs> I do recall that I liked the movie, and it seemed excitingly provocative. I particularly connected to it as a quiet, straight-laced young person myself with an inner monologue that often tends to work blue. However, it was a bit too dark and angsty for it to become a favorite. I haven't seen it in years, maybe decades. In fact, I'd forgotten all about it before the podcast selected it, but now I'm curious to see it again. As for your discussion, I understand why Nelson took issue with Mark slash Hard Harry being more shy around Phoenix girls than New York ones. I have to wonder, though, whether Mark slash Harry grew up with the New York girls he could talk to without the same shyness. Or maybe he talked to girls easier before puberty made him think of them as women. The movie might have just taken the shyness a bit too much to the extreme. Do you think? <laughs> I'm also a little more forgiving than Longino for Mark slash Hard Harry not getting it on with Nora right away. I might be a naive woman of the species, but I can imagine that some teen boys who could graphically imagine what they do with a theoretical girl when faced with one in real life wouldn't know what to actually do in Freeze. At least initially. <laughs> hey, this is like a low key diss here. What's it's going? Hey man, well, it's, I can. What do you I mean can, a diss? It's probably, It's about a hundred percent accurate. Is I what can. It is. I can read between these lines. <laughs> I know what she's driving at. <laughs> and yes, I would have not been able to do anything. <laughs> Longino would not been able to perform, uh, especially. Wait, 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 wait. wait, 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 wait. <laughs> 
especially facing a situation for the first time. Plus, not everyone who talks a good game is really that bold. Anyway, that's my two cents worth. Keep up the good work. I look forward to hearing whether Austin Powers holds up. Thanks, Robin. I do, too. I'm looking forward to finding that out as well. Yeah, so let's dive right in. John, Austin Powers. Yeah, baby! Shut up. Yeah! Stop. Groovy, baby! Please. I'm oh, not going to walk out if we, if, I swear <laughs> oh, to fucking behave. God, I will walk out of this podcast. Hey, shh, shh, zip it. Zip it. <laughs> that's me hitting that's my all head I, that's on the mic. I, that's what I remember about us. <laughs> oh my fucking God. Honestly, I feel the same way that you do, I believe, uh, which is I saw the movie and I didn't even see it like, I don't think I saw it immediately. People had started quoting it already by the time I saw One it. One so. million dollars. <laughs> <sighs> Man, no, it doesn't hold up. We're done here. We're done here. Go. I'm trying to get all of the uh, sort of immediate reactions out of the way, so that we're going to be more neutral. This is to make give the movie a fair shot. I'm just trying to get all the annoying things out of the way. Okay, for the three of you that are still listening, (laughs) uh, out of sheer petulance, I guess, or just to to see things through. um, John, when was the last time you saw this movie? Oh, wow. I must have... So my family owned Austin Powers shortly after it uh, was released. In fact, I think it's the first DVD we ever owned. Really? Uh, We got a DVD player and movie one was Austin Powers. (laughs) Uh, Awesome. So there you go. So I must have watched quite a bit. I I think between the release of Austin Powers and the release of its sequel, uh, The Spy Who Shagged Me, I must have watched Austin Powers like... 15, 16 times or something like I really, really liked it a lot. So you've definitely seen it more than I have because I think I saw it once in the theater. If I've seen it again, I've struck it from my memory. Yeah. So yeah, I've seen it once. Oh, interesting. So I was, I'm like super fan or I was. Right. And then you were, you know, you watched a funny movie and whatever. I think I've seen them all once. I've seen, yeah. I, and I've seen all of them in the theaters and saw them the once and, and said that's nice and moved on with yeah. my life. And I, I want to say when the sequel came out, when Spy of Shagmi came out, I, I, Still thought it was funny, but certainly not as funny as Austin Powers. But that sort of waned my kind of constant viewing of it. Right. And by the time, I think it was when Goldmember released, which must have been like 98, 99. Yeah. Once I saw right. Austin Powers Goldmember, I was done. Like, I <laughs> shut the door. I don't think I've seen a frame of Austin Powers since I walked out of the theater of that third movie. <laughs> and you walked, but after seeing terrible. the whole thing, right? Yeah. Yo, okay. I sat through all of Goldmember okay. hoping that it would maybe get remotely funny at some point. It was horrible. Yeah. And then I was just done. It like it was like scorched earth. Like, it just destroyed. And, and it, there was a lot leading up to it before Goldmember. Like, like I, I'm sitting here saying all these catchphrases. Austin Powers got rather annoying in the sort of what I quote as the Rick James joke way right of like the actual quote the the thing people are quoting is is funny but their constant quoting of it makes it trash right I think the last reference to Austin Powers I actually found really funny was in the British office Christmas special yes David Brent goes on a like a celebrity game show or something and he's dressed like Austin Powers. Well, it's whole, like a live version of like, um, what was the, it's like the, the, the mat, dating game? The dating game. Yeah, yeah. It was like a, it was a live version of the dating game and he puts on the Austin Powers yeah. gear and it's, he does it exactly <laughs> the way that everybody who annoyed you did it. And, and it was brilliant. Cause it was, it was, must've been two or three years past it being dead as a doornail dead. Like right. it, it was like the la- it was the death rattle of Austin Powers. Everyone was off of it. 
Right. And then David Brent came out. And then of yeah, course, baby. yeah. It was, that was really funny. It was genuinely funny. It sort <laughs> of is, it, it's that thing, it's that scream effect. The movie right. scream where it's like, well, once you sort of see the joke, you're like, well, I can never watch the movie the same way again. I mean, maybe. We'll see. Well, I know. We'll find out. Uh, well, uh, so let's discuss the movie itself. Uh, you've seen it a, a gazillion times. I can only speak to. <laughs> sure. I, I only but, vaguely. But, but keep in mind, I mean, this must have been. 98 99 must have been my last viewing so it's been like 18 years like right. it's been a long time well i would imagine that i remember less of the movie so let me conjure up what i can i mean the the yes, thing yes. about austin powers is i probably don't need to because it's so ubiquitous and everybody sort of knows it so well that it's like hey well, in case someone doesn't know what in, austin powers yes, is you're right in what case, is austin powers in case you haven't seen austin powers it's about a british super spy who is thawed out after having been frozen for several years like captain america and brought into the modern day he and his evil nemesis dr evil and dr evil uh threatens to take over the world unless he's paid one million dollars, which is hilarious <laughs> because he's not accounting for inflation. Uh, and uh, Austin Powers is the only one who can stop him. And a lot of uh, British slash James Bond gags ensue. And I am hoping that in watching the movie again, I will like about it what I liked at the time. Because I do remember there was a lot of actual clever uh lampooning as you say of like sure. james bond of like british spy movies of like 60s british movies there was a lot of th sort of things that they were uh kind of poking at so i'm hoping that when we watch this again i'll go oh yes there's more to it than just oh behave and <laughs> right. million dollars and blah -de blah i do remember there being a lot of funny jokes in it i just don't i only remember the irritating ones Certainly. so to give it you know rope to hang itself with yeah well I'm, I'm sort of hopeful that it'll still be good because uh, my memory of austin powers is one that it was similar to you know uh, my best reference not that i'm saying it's equal to in quality but something like the simpsons is a really good sort of touchstone for what i think is good about austin powers so mm. the simpsons uh constantly has referential humor right where they're referencing many pop culture things and movies books you know whatever right and um but what's great about The Simpsons is it's still funny, uh, even if you're not understanding these references. Right. Like, I can't tell you how many people have watched, I'm showing a movie or whatever, and they go, oh, this is like The Simpsons, you know, when they see the blood come out of the elevator in The Shining, or you just whatever. Right. Um, you know, and but the thing is, if you know the references, then it has an extra layer of comedy to it that makes it even more funny, I think. Right. Um, Austin Powers, to me, is like that. At, right. least, at least my experience with it. So Austin Powers, it, to me, has always been a direct James Bond parody film. Right. And, and with a dash of maybe something like in like Flint right. from James Coburn. Because James Bond, while it happened in the 60s, it's not like James Bond was a swinging, psychedelic, you know, <laughs> cra hippie guy. <laughs> like, right. Well, he was sort be, of the antithesis of yeah, that. There was he was a, lot a straight of like, lace guy. Yeah, there was a lot yeah. of the world changing around him, and he never changed. Yeah, so so it's like Mike Myers, uh, who who uh, wrote and, and starred in the film. Um, and actually, at the and it's side note, uh, I, also Mike Myers being in it, I was very excited about because I was a huge Wayne's World fan. I thought Wayne's World was super funny. Well, wasn't everybody a Wayne's World fan? Of course. And, uh, and I thought he, uh, Mike Myers was funny on SNL, and so... So this was just like his next sort of vehicle. Right. But uh, clearly Mike Myers was a fan of Bond movies because even in the trailer, I un immediately understood what the movie was going for. Because there's a joke in the trailer um, where there's a, a old woman in a, in a 
veil or something come and it comes out and then there, there's a joke that you might remember from the trailer where Austin Powers points in her and he goes that's not a woman that's a man baby and then just decks her in the face right and then he's trying to take off her wig or something like showing that it's actually a man but it is in fact an actual is a woman right and he's guessed wrong and just decked her out and then he's like why won't this wig come off that is that is a direct parody of a scene in Thunderball where James Bond is go- looking looking for somebody and it's, it's a really funny scene like he walks up to what presumably to the audience is a woman veiled at a funeral and then he just goes like I've come to offer my sincere condolences and then just out of nowhere decks her in the face <laughs> and you're meant as an audience member you're meant to be like what the hell like he just right. hit a woman in the face uh, not that it's outside of his character to do such, but like in this particular instance, then there's this kind of shocking moment where he leans over, rips off the veil, and it's actually a, a dude's spy. <laughs> that that he it's the man he was looking for. But James Bond's so slick, he saw through this ruse and and got right. it immediately. So I, it's like a direct like that is the parody. And so I watch this trailer and go, oh shit, that's that is completely making fun of a scene from Thunderball, which I know and love. And the whole movie is just riddled with that kind of stuff. Right. Um, so that's why I loved Austin Powers, because I love James Bond and, and and everything about that plot. You joke about the million dollars and stuff. But as a as a young man watching old James Bond movies, like I said, there were there are, are these weird out of time moments that you watch them in the modern era or even in the 90s. Right. And there are things that just stick out like, huh? <laughs> you know, like James Bond being super misogynist. Right. While it was totally cool in the 60s or no one gave a shit. Right. Uh, in the 90s, I definitely was like, that's not that's not <laughs> right at all. Like it, he would literally use women as human shields and let right. them get take bullets for him or take <laughs> blackjacks and stuff like right. it's insane. And so um, there's a lot of that kind of. So the whole thing is like, oh, what if James Bond was a fish out of water? Like what right. if. And I want to say this pre this maybe was around the time of Goldeneye or kind of nearby. Goldeneye did a lot of this too. That's true. That did, was a couple of years removed from that. Yeah. Yeah. Golden Goldeneye was the first Bond movie where it's like, okay, there's a female M. We're kind of like sending Bond up and making him kind of look like the misogynist he is. I mean, he's still slick and cool on a spy, but like they were definitely playing with the conventions. Right. And, and Austin Powers, basically, that's it. It's just like, what if all these ridiculous things are saying, like, oh, well, $1 million or like right. that was that literally is what they do. And I think it's in Thunderball as well. They, right. They, they hold the world hostage for a million dollars. <laughs> and you're watching the movie like that's that's you're literally feel that way. Like, that's nothing. Right. So that's what all the jokes felt like to me. Um, even stuff like, oh, it's worth mentioning. Um, I think Will Ferrell appears in the movie. Uh, one of his first movies, and he's barely in it. He's really? like he's like one of the henchmen at, at Doctor Evil's lair who gets uh, sh- sent down the the chute and and burned. And then the joke in the movie is like he doesn't die because <laughs> <laughs> what happened um, in Bond movies is the the main Bond villain is this guy named Blofeld, and he would do that. He would there would be meetings where he would hit buttons and send people <laughs> down like death chutes. Right. I don't know why you would attend this guy's meetings or <laughs> sit in these chairs. But he would send people to their death just like immediately at the press of a button. Right. So they make fun of that. They have him do that to Will Ferrell. Dr. Evil does this. And then Will Ferrell doesn't die. And the whole joke is like, I'm still alive down here. And I think someone has to come down and shoot him a couple <laughs> a couple of times. Um, oh, it's also worth mentioning Dr. Like Dr. Evil 
literally is just Blofeld. Like they, well, he's Blofeld and he's Lorne Michaels somehow. That's right. That's right. Because that was famously an in joke for everybody who'd ever been on SNL. It was Mike Myers. I don't know if being nice and saying, ha ha, I love him so much. I can actually get away with this or being like, see, this is what you look like. <laughs> motherfucker. But yeah, he very yes. famously like married Blofeld to Lauren Michaels, and maybe because they're so uh, similar, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> well, Lauren Michaels had uh, members of SNL killed when he didn't like them. Right. I'd even say specifically, it's yeah, it's Lauren Michaels, and it's the Donald Pleasance Blofeld from uh, You Only Live Twice, right? Because he's bald and he has the scar. Like right. they just lit in Nehru jacket. <laughs> it's just. It, it's not even a parody like right. it just is that character which i which i so that's another reason i found dr evil really funny i was like oh i know who this guy is and sure. you give him a son and you give him all these stupid things and it, it, i thought it was good what was the name of uh the token lady elizabeth elizabeth hurley hurley thank is you the actress in this yes uh he was she was um married to uh oh god what's wrong with me the the hugh grant she was right. like hugh grant's wife for a time for until a Hugh Grant had some problems, <laughs> uh, but yes, Elizabeth Hurley is in it. I don't. Rem I remember her just being like eye candy. I don't. I don't yeah, recall I, a particular. She was a model, and I don't remember her being like, I, I super humorous. I feel like she's sort of a missed opportunity because her whole thing was to be like the the subject of his abuse and to sort of be like, well, I'm a modern woman and I don't have to kind of take this from you. And then by the end, she's sort of kind of taking it anyways because they're yeah, exactly. hanging out and. Uh, well, having he, like, melons hide their nakedness and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, well, because his whole the, the what's we odd is his whole fish out of water thing is like, oh, he's a sexist piece of shit from another era, and look at him now, and no one's buying this crap, right? Yet somehow, with his whimsical charm, <laughs> he still charms the pants off of like the hottest supermodel in town. Like that, right. that is a odd message. Like if you're gonna really do that for real, like Austin Powers shouldn't get with anybody, right? He's he should be so fish out of water that he he dies alone. But uh, you know, I don't know. It's we'll see. It it may uh, resolve itself. <laughs> it, it may be just like, well, we can't end the movie like that. That's just terrible yeah now in terms of the actual plot i i am struggling to give you details i, I remember could, yeah. jokes and moments but i know like dr evil thaws out i want to say he's in a bob's big boy like rocket for right. some reason that's just a flash in my mind like like dr evil's in a bob's big boy right. in space or something and that's how he gets unfrozen and then I I know it's like Dr. Evil's unfrozen. They unfreeze Austin Powers like it's Demolition Man or something. I don't know why. <laughs> and then they're sort of have a plot. and Yeah. And then he's got some plan to take over the world and who knows. Exactly. Well, I know he's holding ransom stuff. I remember Robert Stack. No, not Robert Stack. I forget. It's Robert something. I believe it's Robert something. But this is what. All right, folks. This is what you get because sincerely, we don't look things up. We do this on purpose to look just this stupid. He is literally playing a character that's a one to one to a character that's in Thunderball. In fact, actually, a lot of the movie is Thunderball. Is it just a Thunderball? It's a lot of it. But yeah, he's the eye patch guy. Mm -hmm. So in in Thunderball, the members of Spectre had numbers. So Blofeld was known as number one. Right. And then I think uh, I think the eyepatch guy in Thunderball is like number three or number four. So they make this hilarious joke in Austin Powers to call him number two. Oh, because it's like Dookie. Number two. And if, if I recall, now it's coming to me. There, I think there's a scene in a bathroom where Austin Powers is trying to interrogate number two. And he's saying, like, who does number two work for? 
And I want to say John Goodman or somebody is like, like, go get her, get her there, partner. He's like, got like a 10 gallon hat and he's taking a <laughs> shit. <laughs> classic. <Great>. It's <laughs> classic comedy bit, man. Man, this is, uh, this is going to be something. <laughs> I think there's an Irishman too, like who's talks about lucky charms or something. I really, <laughs> which is different than the Scottish guy that Mike the Myers Scottish guy's not in the first movie. Right. He's in the second one and the third one. But yeah, he, Fat Bastard, I think is his yes, name. Yes, right. Fat Bastard. You know, Mike Myers was never one to grab some low-hanging fruit. <laughs> never. And, and really never go. him. You know, uh, actually, the more that this is coming back to me... <laughs> you know, I'm... Hmm. I, 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 well, let me... I'm getting, maybe, ner- I'm getting nervous. <laughs> so maybe maybe it's time to analyze this. I John, was also in high school when it came out, so I don't know. Sure, and I was a younger man also, but we'll, we'll see. John, do you think this movie is going to hold up? That That is the question, isn't it? <laughs> I am... Ho- I, you know, I'm hopeful that it will, so I'm going to say yes, it will. But if it doesn't... Let's not say I'm, I'm my mouth will not be a gape right. if it doesn't. But I, I'm gonna I'm gonna be positive. I'm gonna say that it will hold up for me. I don't, maybe not for most people, but I think me and the Bond thing, like I think I will still find that funny. See, I'm hoping to be pleasantly surprised. I'm gonna guess that it holds up because I think all the like the irritating stuff, the like "Hey, baby," and all the the, the Austin Powers imitations that followed. I'm hoping that that's like two percent of this movie and that the rest of it is like, oh yeah, it's a James Bond riff or, oh yeah, it's the fish out of water. Oh yeah. It's the, you know, sixties super spy thing. You know, I'm, I'm hoping that there's a lot of other stuff that we're just forgetting and we'll go, oh right. That was kind of funny. So I'll say it holds up. Why not? Sure. I'm, I'm looking forward to it holding yeah. up. I mean, it didn't get popular for nothing, right? No. And Mike Myers, is genu- I mean, funny. he's genuinely funny. I, I mean, I think I haven't seen the love guru. I've heard things about that. I, but- I recently watched Wayne's World again, and I would say that still is quite funny. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was uh, there was a reason that he got super famous off SNL. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's funny. He does characters well. He even does. There's a couple of times he's done uh, dramatic acting like he did 54 and i liked him in that he's good and he's funny so i i'm hoping that it's just that you know it was oversaturated and the world ruined it for us so we'll see here's hoping okay well are you have anything else to add before we go and uh test the waters here um no oh don't 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 no don't randy baby groovy yeah I knew I'd regret asking that. Folks. Oh, behave. We'll be back after we watch Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery. Hey, Macarena. I hate you <laughs> so much. In 1967, an international secret agent was cryogenically frozen in case the world ever required his services again. Now, evil is threatening the Earth, and the time has come to bring him back into the 90s. It's not unusual. Allow myself to introduce myself. Danger Powers Personal Effects. Actually, my name is Austin Powers. Danger's my middle name. I'm going to need you to sign these release forms. Okay, name. Sex? Yes, please. In his time, he was the coolest secret agent alive. Unfortunately... It's freedom, baby, yeah! This is not his time. 
He's a swinger in a square world. A lot's changed since 1967. Bring on the sexy stews, man! Yeah! We're called flight attendants now. And he's a stranger in a strange land. This is my mother, Mrs. Exposition. Lovely. What have you done? That's not your mother, it's a man, baby! Why won't this wig come off? Mike Myers. Yeah, baby, yeah! Elizabeth Hurley. Don't forget these. Oh, thanks. Austin Powers. <laughs> International Man of Mystery. We're back, folks. Yeah, baby. Yeah. <laughs> John, is your stomach hurting as much as mine from all the laughing we did <laughs> during that 14-hour movie? <laughs> 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 Holy Christ. Well, <laughs> sometimes you can't go backwards. <laughs> uh, okay. So, uh, you know, I mean, there were... There were some moments. Like it wasn't like total trash fire. There like, were there, there, there were some moments. funny stuff. There but... was some funny stuff. Yeah. I... I don't get where the fuck everybody's head was at. <laughs> I think <laughs> it including was including my own. I, I think much like Austin Powers himself, who is transported thirty years into the future, nineteen ninety seven was maybe a different time. I guess than now is wow. kind of my take. All the stuff that I was hoping for, all the like subtle <laughs> references to James Bond, nothing. Like, well, they're they're there. They're just I mean, all where they're all well worn. Like right. all the stuff I was talking about was still there. Like the kind of Bond parody. But, yes, but it's it's like a fraction of like like the way I was describing it was as if it was this really like I I. I think I evoked the Simpsons at one point. Um, that that that's a travesty that I compared this to the Simpsons. Like the Simpsons is timeless and is yes. incredibly funny. This has that. Like it has what I'm talking about. It has references to Bond, but like loosely. I mean, there's you know maybe a half a or nah, maybe like a dozen or. At best, like two two dozen, just kind of like in Bond jokes. Yeah, I mean, to, uh, honestly, I like you say there were some funny moments, and it's not like this thing was just terrible throughout. But really, it's like I could just it felt so padded. Oh yeah, like there were long scenes where like nothing was happening, and the joke was going on for like ten minutes too long. And you're like, okay, well, I, let's get on with it. And then there would be like just other things where it's like, well, this is vaguely amusing, but it really just looks like they just put it in because they're like, well, we came up at 87 minutes and we needed to pad this link out a <laughs> yeah. little bit. Let's throw in a scene with Seth Green and Carrie Fisher for some reason. That's right. Carrie Fisher showed up as as the uh, sort of parental um, therapist that was with the, the father-son group. Proving that we can't have any episodes of this show without somebody having died in it. Absolutely. Good Christ. Uh, uh, anyway. Well, first of all, let's correct an error uh, before we went into the movie. So it's Robert Wagner, Wagner was the name yes. of the gentleman we just like could not remember yes sorry um, mr wagner yes so i i wanted to get that out of the way for one but i want to say like i think what might be tripping me up with this one is in in the years since austin powers i feel like comedy films have really been elevated beyond just kind of stupid for comedy's sake humor like like a mm. lot of 
comedy movies now are like funny and also poignant or funny and, and like have a purpose or a heart or, 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 or like an actually grounded story. Right. Um, take something, you know, like all those um, Judd Apatow movies, like kind of ushered in this era of like, yeah, we're going to have laughs, but we're also going to tell like a compelling story. Right. This is feels like hollow <laughs> like like and obviously it's a parody film so you know it's not right. like parody films need to be deep or anything but even even as far as like parody films go there there's not a lot of that kind of humor i i would even suspect i might find something like the naked gun or even hot shots or something like might actually be funnier than this movie felt to me tonight oh i, I, I feel like it would be yeah i don't know there was just something and uh, i don't know there were scenes like the naked gun that were in it and they didn't do them as funny. I don't know. They literally had a pissing scene where he's like pissing for 20 minutes and right. that's the whole joke. They did that in the naked gun and it was way funnier. I don't know why. It's like you say, there's just parts of other movies here that they're parodying and that's fine. And then there's jokes that I feel like I've seen a thousand times and there they are again. And I'm like, man, were people just like, had they forgotten these jokes? Were they just that starved for, I don't know. I guess. I mean, that's the thing about Mike Myers. You sort of realize is is not that he wasn't funny. I think he no, is he was. funny, but he definitely is easy. Yeah, like kind of first thought easy. Yeah, and, and um, I I think it's funny when it's a parody. But but the problem with Austin Powers is it just it can't maintain its parody for an hour and a half. Like like Wayne's World has moments of parody, but they're jumping all over the place, a bunch of different genres, you know. Yeah. There's like t- Terminator 2 and and there's, <laughs> you know, all, just they they're all over the place. Well, this, I dare say that's more character based than this. I mean, I don't know if it, that, that that may be uh <laughs> giving more depth to something that it doesn't, but I mean, it feels like my memory of Wayne's World is that it's like, well, here's these two goofs and it really just right. follows them. And, and their weird momentum. It's like this one, it's like he's so, like you say, he's just a shell. It's just a, yeah. a, a thing for jokes. And Well, I think they try to do a character thing. I mean, they try to do this fish out of water and he's kind of mopily catching up, you know, with the 30 years he missed and he's having difficulties with, uh, you know, Elizabeth Hurley and all that stuff. But it all rings kind of hollow because he's such a just raging <laughs> that like like yeah. I don't have a lot of sympathy like 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 Wayne Campbell from Wayne's World is sort of sympathetic I mean he right. you know they like swing and they do their stupid shit but him and Garth have moments of you're kind of rooting for them you care about them right. Austin Powers like is obnoxious <laughs> he's just a, and that's funny for a time but right. I think I think you're right the reason it feels like 12 hours is like once you're an hour deep I can only take his like goofy smile and dumb dancing for so long until it's just like I've I've seen this for an hour. <laughs> I'm done. Like next uh, yeah. slide, please. Like like well, give me something else. Yeah, and there wasn't I mean, again, the vague plot outline that we gave before the show said, Well, I don't remember what happened here and I don't remember what the plot is, but I'm sure we'll see it. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. Doctor Evil comes back, threatens the earth. I mean, the only thing we forgot is it's like, oh, he's gonna activate all the volcanoes on Earth. That's right. it. That was 30 seconds more than we had gotten to. And it's like, there's nothing else. It's just... I think I've already forgotten it. (laughs) Like, we just watched it, and it's already escaping my mind. Like, what happened in the movie? Yeah, I mean, there's just a lot It's basically just a frame for a bunch of dumb parody jokes, which which some are funny. Sure. Like, what what do you think, of all the jokes in the movie, what, what still landed for you, like, was still good? 
Well, the thing that actually shocked me the most and kind of made me laugh out loud was like he's they were escaping Dr. Evil's death trap. You know, Dr. Evil puts yeah. him, of course, in a slow moving death trap and then he closes the doors so he doesn't see them escape and all that. And that was kind of amusing. But that joke's been made before. And then they escape and then he's fighting. with. Well, you're talking about where Seth Green was like, oh, I'll just go grab a gun and let's right. shoot him right now. And he's I'll like, no, no, I'm going to put him where I won't see them. Right. I'm the going to put him in yeah. a thing and it's going to slow. Mo- sure. Yeah, exactly. That was kind of amusing. But then when they are escaping and he's fighting with the dude and he and, uh, they were supposed to be like you know laser headed like barracuda or whatever were in the water <laughs> right. I forget what the joke ended up being but like it was supposed to be sharks with freaking laser beams attached to their head and it ended up being like sea bass, sea bass right. or something yeah um, and then he dunks the guys like PAs throwing like rubber right. fish around anyway Austin Powers in his escape dunks a henchman's head under the water and when it comes up the head has just like been brutally sawed off by these <laughs> things and I was shocked and I laughed at that that's the one that I was like oh that's kind of funny I like that I don't know and there were some goofs where it was like I don't know there were a couple of, and now I can't even remember them but there were a couple of times where it's like oh that's an amusing like like the there was a transition stuff that they did yes where it's so just like, like these weird interstitial kind of dance numbers yeah and that sort scenes. of was like oh that's amusing because yeah they used to do that and it mm-hmm. wasn't like a joke it was dead serious like oh here's this weird dancing transitional scene of the main characters and you know weird zooms and shit like that that was again amusing and I was like oh yeah I'd forgotten that ha yeah and that was it. I actually thought the part of the movie I, I still thought was really funny and didn't have much of a memory of was the beginning with Austin Powers before he's, you know, frozen into the present. Right. And he's running around the 60s. And I totally forgot this, but they do straight up do a hard day's night, just hard parody of right. him running with like fangirls chasing him. And he's taking pictures of, of go-go dancing girls and him just doing his like swinging 60s bullshit. Right. Um, for the five to ten minutes that was the opening of the movie i was laughing because he is silly and very physically funny right um but it's sort of like that whole opening scene said everything you really need to know yeah and then then maybe you get a bit more of him juxtaposed to the modern era but again i gotta say like the stuff with elizabeth hurley like i said it before we went in it's like it's weird that they get together that doesn't seem right this time around it's like super weird like like it's almost like she's just this hollow male fantasy figure like with no actual thought of her own yeah she just why would she fall for this asshole it's 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 supposed to be a a kind of a a sharp takedown on the weird sexism of james bond and it becomes the weird sexism of james bond and it's like well why does she like this guy he's a douche like (laughs) like literally she walks in at the end and he's been you know sex dancing with the fembots or whatever and, and blows them up we sort of forgot to mention them but there are i totally forgot there's a side parody of like Dr. Goldfoot in the Bikini Machine, Assassin Women, right. uh, which was an old Vincent Price, like weird movie from back in the day. But uh, like Austin has to take a rip all his clothes off and, and just fuel himself up. And they, they're so overpowered by his sex that they're, they explode. And then Elizabeth Hurley comes in and they've had this whole talk about she's upset that he's promiscuous. Right. Or that he's like shagging other <laughs> girls and stuff. Um <laughs> And she see she comes in and he's caught like pa- literally pants down like uh and she's like what the fuck is this and he's just like you gotta believe me baby it was you know it, it just rambles on like a fool and she takes one look and then just cracks a big goofy smile and is like I believe you Austin yay yeah. it runs off and I was just like what the fuck like it was so weird. <laughs> 
Well, and the fact that he was like, he, he goes on about how attracted he was to her mother. <laughs> right. And then it's like, and now I'm ready to, you know, shag you and all that shit. And it's like, I don't, there's something really rapey and creepy about this Absolutely. movie. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. And, and the weird thing is, it's like, this is not all that, like, I don't know. There's, there's it's something... almost more offensive because he's like, <laughs> he's, he's overcoming this 90s woman who should be a model for, for you know, complete rational against this kind of thing. But they even, even early on, when he He's like sex dancing in the bed. And he's like, come on, let's shag. Are you horny, baby? It's like so <laughs> offensive. And they have her look back, look in disgust. And then to the camera. So we can see, but he can't. She cracks this like, he's so cute smile. Yeah, isn't he cute? Like, with oh, him. I'm actually into him right from the beginning. It's like, no, like <laughs> nobody would want to have sex with this man. Like, know, he's yeah. disgusting. He's just, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I, I did think of something else that I thought was funny, and I, I mentioned it before, but I had forgotten just how long these sequences were, and they still were amusing to me. Which is like every time he was naked, they would put like a sausage in front of his right. privates, and you know, fucking pineapples in front of that's, her boobs. That's and, one that man. I remember when I was in high school, I thought that was the funniest thing in the world. <laughs> I'm like, oh man, I'm almost seeing his dick. <laughs> Like I, I thought it was so funny, and I gotta say, watching it this time, it just fell flat on its ass. Really, for me. I can remember actually myself laughing hysterically at it. Ten years older than you, so you know I wasn't any smarter. Oh yeah, but yeah, it's so weird that like again, I remember like in this movie when it came out, I don't remember like going nuts over it, but I do remember like getting why everybody loved it so much. And now I look at it, I'm like, geez, Louise. Well, it's got a tough uphill battle, right? Because I think the things that maybe are genuinely funny about it are don't play anymore because they're yeah. just they're just worn into the dirt. I think. Yeah. He, well, I think that's true. Even you know, nineteen twenty years later, like him going, "Yeah, baby," and all this. Like I, I'm like barely cracking a smile because it's just like, "Yeah, got gotcha, Austin." Right, and well, by the fourteenth time, you're like, "Oh my god!" No wonder everybody kept repeating it. He repeats it yes. just as annoying. The whole yeah. movie. Oh, oh my fucking god. Yeah, and I think I mean I think if you've never seen anything of Austin Powers and you're seeing that for the first time, it is sort of overwhelmingly humorous. Right. And I, that just doesn't play anymore because it's been done to death. And then the things that are sort of lacking, we've already kind of talked about. I'd say Dr. Evil was still pretty funny. I mean, kind of here and there. There's some of the his kind of run-on jokes that aren't terribly funny. But then there's things like at that um, that therapy session, they ask him to talk about his family. And I kind of forgot about this, but he goes on this <laughs> crazy long speech about his dad and his mother who was a prostitute that had web feed and it just de-evolves into like insanity right and that actually still kind of had me going a little bit yeah i I mean but it still (laughs) ends with like a shaved scrotum if you've never had a shaved scrotum breathtaking yeah Yeah, i mean it's amusing but it's also i think it's a shorn scrotum yeah let's get that is that is actually funnier a shorn scrotum is actually (laughs) it's a little bit funnier that's genuine well shorn is a funny word yes so okay i give that one up so that was funny there you go seth green was okay like seth green was funny it's just that i feel like I, again, I remember that. Oh yeah, every scene Seth Green is in is fucking hysterical. And the shushing scene, I was like, yeah, we right, okay. Yeah. Here comes the shushies, and I mean, him saying story about a man named shoot, shoot, sh- yeah, it's like right, okay. Although the gun part where he said, "Dad, I'll just go get a gun. Yeah, I've got a gun funny. in my room." That was kind of funny, but I don't know. 
Yeah, the Will Ferrell thing was was funny. Like you, but you right. did, but you described it exactly, which makes me think Actually, that, all like, the best jokes I kind of remember. Yeah, that was like, the, uh, like oh, it's not a woman, it's a man. That's actually funny, right? And I forgot that they actually had a setup scene because because not everyone knows the scene I'm talking about. <laughs> so they they had an establishing scene in the past where he actually spots a man dressed as a woman, and they have like a sexy lady playing the role. He decks her in the face, and then they do like a trade-out in the cut where all of a sudden it's this obviously a guy. Right. That's kind of funny, but they establish that that has happened so that when he does it later, you're not, you kind of get what the joke of it. See, with you talking about it, and maybe this is me assigning more, uh, again, depth to this movie than is necessary because obviously it made a gajillion dollars and it was very successful, so it doesn't need us to tell it what's wrong with it. However, the uh, thinking about it now, it's like, okay, so he was really on his game in the 60s. You know, everything mm. he said was sexy and all the women wanted him and he could actually spot a dude in drag. And then he comes to the present day and he just loses all of his superpowers, basically. It wasn't even that he was, uh, you know, fooled by the modern day. It's just like, no, he just had the ability to spot a dude sure. <laughs> in woman's clothing what? before and then just lost it. And it's like, maybe, you know, if, if again, he was more foiled by the modern day aspect. I don't know. I, again, I'm Well, I, I think that joke in particular is less fish out of water send up and more just that is a funny concept of like what you're so self-sure that it's a woman that you deck her in the face without a second thought and wouldn't it be funny if you mess that up sure but like, it, was, it was oddly weird that it was like oh hey come meet my mother it was like, <laughs> right, you know, like why would she be there his <laughs> boss's mom and she doesn't look and i mean she looks like an old lady yeah. and there's <laughs> i mean and maybe that's the joke and maybe i'm just being too cynical i don't know <laughs> oh i did forget that they had a parody of the odd job character from goldfinger that they called random task and that, that, that is kind of funny and that was the funniest part of the joke because he was called random, random task. task well he also Nothing threw, else? threw a shoe instead of a hat <sighs> which which i did like because at the end austin gets hit with the shoe and he goes who throws a shoe honestly like it's kind of funny yeah but who throws a hat the reason the hat was cool but that's and James what's Bond funny about odd job like, like but his hat had like a razor in it didn't i know. it i mean if you <laughs> but, threw but, a shoe with a razor right. in it it but would I, also I, kill I like you. that observation of like this is ridiculous that like a man sure. is throwing a hat and killing people with it it's like insane so so why not a shoe that's just as crazy like, i guess i don't know i just felt like it was a reference to a thing and they built it up and it's like hey we're gonna do like odd job jokes and it's like we have two <laughs> right well, can you I, guess I where both was, of them are coming from i think he was there just for that one joke and then they because here's the other thing i actually know this because i the so the end of the movie that last scene where elizabeth hurley and on uh and mike myers are married mm -hmm. and on honeymoon and odd job comes to assassinate them that's all a, a pickup oh yeah like that's a second ending there there was what what i would consider and i'd have to go back and watch it but i think i can safely claim one of the worst deleted scenes i've ever seen in my life wow. was the original ending to austin powers where the bomb goes off and then what they did was they did a parody of dr no where uh -huh. james bond and like uh honey writer are in this inflatable raft together so it's like the explosion happens and for reasons completely unexplained austin and elizabeth hurley land in this raft in bathing suits like it's the end of dr no and then they're just like, oh, this is weird, whatever. And then they're just hanging out. And then, like, Basil Exposition comes in on a jetpack that's from a Thunderball. 
And he's like, well done, Austin. Like, here's any handsome, like, a award. And it's like, it's not funny at all. <laughs> and clearly, I'm just guessing here, but clearly, I'm sure that ending tested, like, terribly, which, right. well, it should. And I'm guessing the bit in the movie earlier where you can not see his dick <laughs> tested like gangbusters right. like people, i bet every test audience was like oh my god the magnifying glass dick seems yeah funny all the dials went up to 10 on that yeah one. so then they like doubled down on it and then re when they did the second ending they like just made that joke again basically but this time it was elizabeth hurley was naked and it was like we were covering her breasts with actually that is a funny joke it's like melons and all this dumb shit and then he's like and who gave us this weird painting and it's just like naked breast painting <laughs> right that was kind of funny that and was she holds kind of funny so there are moments but yeah i i don't and the funny thing is it's like usually we can talk about well the story or well this character oh, or God, well yeah, got there's like nothing else to talk about it's like it it rises and falls on all the jokes yeah. oh i i mistakenly remembered um john goodman as the uh cowboy that meets austin powers in the bathroom i was completely incorrect it was actually tom arnold Yes. And, and uh, what a scene that was. Let yeah, me tell you. where Austin Powers kills the Lucky Charms Irishman. Yes. And yeah. who does number two work for and all, you know. <sighs> that actually, that that scene ends in the dumbest thing in the whole movie, which is it, the, the Irishman's dead body is in the toilet and Tom Arnold points to it and goes, boy, what did you eat? Which is the dumbest that like he like is we're meant to believe he thinks he just shat a human being out like <laughs> I, like I know it's a comedy and a parody movie but like <laughs> come on man like that's just insane I don't know there's a lot like, and there was like a whole like scene previous to that where like he and Elizabeth Hurley are like now they're getting along and he's sort of seducing her and they go on this double decker tour bus through vegas and there's like a whole two or three minute yep. montage Bert, of like backrack is there yeah burt backrack which is kind of funny because he because he turns to the camera because mike myers turns to the camera and says ladies and gentlemen burt backrack and that's kind of funny and then they have a two minute scene of like them in vegas yes. and it's like yes i know they used to have dippy montages in the 60s <laughs> we i get it okay that's... I, I will say uh i remember seeing this movie with my mother at the time and then she loved that moment really like the whole burt Bacharach, like throw it back to this weird montage green screen thing like she because i think she was from that era like sure. she grew up with that stuff so in a way my i remember my parents specifically my mom really liking the 60s humor mm. and got a real kick out of that stuff and i think it's paced in a way that is kind of different sure so I don't know for what it's worth. I mean, I, well, don't, I don't shout think out to John's mom. God <laughs> love you. I don't think it's like that funny. I I agree, but um, I think that that is actually meant to be some like a kind of a nostalgic moment. Like I think Mike Myers actually has a joy for that era and that stuff. And sure, he's sending it up and making yeah. fun of it. But there are these weird moments of kind of sincerity like he even yeah. says this thing like oh we were just rebelling against the uh, corporates man and right you know and, and he does this whole thing like have we known the consequences of sick and there's like they're literally playing the burt backrack song and right like there are moments and that's not a joke he's just he's like actually having a weird speech about what being a hippie is like or something right it's all about freedom versus capitalism and they had made that joke earlier, too, which was kind of funny, which is like, uh, wasn't it like Dr. Evil will return when uh, when all this free love bullshit is done and, <laughs> right. and evil is erring and capitalism is finally taking over the world. But the weird thing is, it's like, well, 97, why is that particularly a year of capitalism? Well, I think, I mean, at the time it was modern when it came out, right? Guess, so the people yeah. are just thinking, oh, the 60s are dead. Right. 
I mean, really, Dr. Evil should have stayed in the tank for a couple more decades. He'd have been right at home. Yeah, I mean, he probably it wouldn't have even needed to be a parody at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't like I say the uh, the movie sort of rises and falls on the jokes and and jokes sort of have been driven into the ground, like you say. So here we are. <laughs> well, John, did you think it held up? Oh, I thought it was great. No, <laughs> no, I did not. I'm actually I'm, I'm a little surprised that yeah. it didn't hold up as much as it didn't. Me too, because usually, usually I'm quite forgiving of comedies, especially ones I really liked. There I, was even a point up till a certain point I was like, eh, this is probably like not a hold up for me, but it's sort of like 49, 51 again. And then sure. like as the movie went on, I was like, well, that 49 is creeping down yeah. into the 30s. And I, I think you're right. I think that act three really puts the nail in the coffin because i'm with you I, to me it's a soft doesn't hold up like i would say for the first hour i was touch and go like sometimes i was sort of bored or annoyed but then other times i thought it was funny but it is really that last 20 30 minutes it really doesn't have a lot to offer i think i yeah. see what you mean by padding it out and I, and unfortunately that's sort of what we're left with that was the last part of it we saw <laughs> right so we're kind of coming into it being like oh thank god that's over and i i, I want to be clear that wasn't our emotions like wall to wall it wasn't like no. minute one we were like oh fuck when's this thing gonna be done? <laughs> oh god what have we done like we were kind of having an okay time until the last half hour and yeah, then it was just, just it just overstayed its well yeah there just came a point where it's like man this is this movie's long <laughs> for yeah. an hour and 45 Absolutely. minutes or whatever it is it's almost like it should have been like a 12 minute sketch on a some kind of comedy show or something oh, oh, that's a good idea you could just do the yeah baby for like 12 minutes <laughs> oh, and then done and then they would every week it'd be <laughs> Yeah, baby. Are you Randy? Do I make you horny? Yep. Oh, good God. All right. Well, sorry, Austin Powers. Uh, we are we're <laughs> one of our first big no's of the season. We got Twister. We got this one. Uh, spoiler yeah. alert for previous episodes. <laughs> I'd say I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think I had a better time watching Twister, to be honest. Like, I definitely it, had a better time <laughs> watching Twister. This is... Uh, Whew. International Man of Misery, perhaps? <laughs> no, no, nice, that's, that's nice, not true. Nicely done. Well, we did. I mean, we've been wondering this for a while. This has been our sort of go-to. It's like, well, does it work out? Does this move it? Nope. <laughs> it's actually, it's dawning on me. It's a weird thought to think that I may, until my dying day, never see Austin Powers again. I don't see why I would. Like, we, we kind of you know took the rock up took a look and said yep this deserves to be buried <laughs> you know like, john that's these are the sort of questions you start asking when you get to be i know old when you oh, start no. to say to yourself was that the last time i see that movie before i die <laughs> the, the, congratulations done to me welcome to middle age <laughs> all right folks well uh Let's uh, talk about next time. We've uh, decided to jump back into our listener requests. Absolutely. Uh, we've pulled one from the grab bag, and we've actually got one from one of our first uh, listener requests, Colin Legault, who wrote us in earlier about uh, Hook. Uh, he, very early on in the uh, in this show, he wrote us and gave us a number of suggestions. We've pulled out of the bag, Real Genius. Yeah. An 80s Val Kilmer flick. Excellent. Uh, I'd also like to mention, uh, we've been in talks about maybe doing another grab bag episode. We did one last year. We loved it. I know. And and for those of you who maybe haven't heard it, it it's basically an episode where we uh, sort of just, is a catch-all. Like, we, we don't actually watch a specific movie. We just kind of talk movies, talk general subjects. And we also take a lot of 
emails. Yeah, listener questions, anything you all want to know about, you can ask it. Ask us our favorite uh, TV shows. Ask us uh, why do we hate Austin Powers so much. <laughs> any any question you want, you can uh, go ahead and throw it to us and, uh, and sometime in the near future we'll be recording a grab bag episode. So uh, go ahead and send an email to us at holduppodcast.gmail.com. You can uh, go to our Facebook page. You can go to our Twitter page. You can go to Instagram, any of those places and leave a listener request at holduppodcast is what you type in when you go to any of our social media sites, or you can just find it all at holduppodcast.com. Indeed. All right, everybody. I think the sun is setting on yet another episode. <laughs> it's really depressing. Uh, you know, <laughs> we were expecting to laugh a lot more, I think, with this one. Some, hey, this is how it goes. Sometimes, sometimes it's a no. Sometimes the magic works. Sometimes it doesn't. All right, folks. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time. Nobody move. Nobody gets hurt, baby. Yeah! I quit. (laughs) 